Hey everybody, this is Hunter Williams. Today is going to be episode 109 or 109 of the NeuroEdge podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in today. The name of today's episode is Discipline Made Easy. So this is one thing that has popped up on my radar lately is just how to be more disciplined in life. And it's something that I talk to people about all the time, others people that I work with, clients that I have, and just people that are my friends and family. And one thing that a lot of people struggle with is how do I become more disciplined? How do I do the things that I know that I should be doing, but just end up not doing? And I am no stranger to this myself. I actually have implemented a lot of what I'm going to talk about talk about today in my life and seen significant results come as a result of doing those things. So today is just going to be all about how we can make ourselves more disciplined, follow through on the things that we know we should be doing. See, and the thing is, in today's world, lack of information is not a problem. You know, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, even 70 or 80 years ago, you could have said ignorance would be to blame for problems that you may have. In today's world, there is no shortage of free information. You can go to any public library, use the internet, and look up anything you want to learn how to do. So ignorance is not the problem. It's actually taking the information that we learn and see around us and implementing it into action steps that we need to get done. And the number one thing that you can do in order to make that happen and follow through is to have discipline, to hold yourself to a higher standard of something that you know you should be doing and expect of yourself and having a higher standard for yourself. So today we're going to be talking about creating a framework around your life that enables discipline. So discipline is one thing. And discipline, I would consider doing hard things, is doing hard things, but creating a framework where it's easy actually will allow you to have more discipline and then build on top of the discipline that you have. And then before you know it, six months, you've stacked all these different types of disciplines on top of each other. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I jump into the meat and potatoes, I just want to remember remember to remind you to check out the Facebook group. It'll be in the link of the description of this video, wherever you're watching it, whether it's on YouTube or the podcast. Head over to our insiders group where we have Q&A and we talk about these things in depth. And it's really good to have community. Part of the problem in today's world is that people are becoming isolated. And it's my goal to create a community of like-minded people that enjoy learning about these topics, making yourself better, and becoming the highest version performing of yourself. So that being said, let's jump on into everything and get started. So episode 109, Discipline Made Easy. So what is discipline? Came across this stat pretty recently, and I thought it was pretty impactful. So 90% of Coronary bypass patients, which would just be heart surgery where they do a bypass, 90% of those patients never change their eating habits after having their surgery. So if you look at a situation in which someone has to change, so if you are going in for a bypass surgery, it is because you have to change if you want to stay alive. Otherwise, your heart will be so clogged, you will not be able to live anymore. And so if we look at arguably one of the most dire situations that a person could have put themselves in, which is to have heart disease and need a bypass surgery, 90% of the people that do that, when they go back into the world, 
Do not change their eating habits. Do not change their exercise habits. Now, I just use this as an example. There are a lot of other things that you could look at. If you look at recidivism in terms of prison sentences, you can look at everything. There is staggering statistics to support that people do not change their habits. And so part of becoming a high performer is understanding habits that you are going to have and then actually being able to implement things in your life to change those. And so we, we fall victim to the same bad habits repeatedly over and over again. It seems like we fall back into the same things, whether it's eating bad, whether it's watching TV too much, whether it's not exercising, we all tend to fall into these same habits. And so when we look at discipline, everybody wants more of it. Everybody knows this. And again, it goes back to the understanding that everybody knows this. How do we actually change it? And so what I'm going to talk talking about today is a few things of how we can change this. So a lot of people, they solely try to rely on internal willpower. And I'm going to talk about why that will cause you to fail most times. A lot of people do not have accountability. And we're going to go into how accountability can help you implement discipline in your life. Another huge thing is the environment. So what environment are you creating around yourself? And I think this is arguably one of the biggest things when it relates to discipline, how important it's going to be, but we'll talk about that. Then we're going to talk about social pressure. So how important it is to create positive social pressure and how this can be more or less a weapon for good or a weapon for bad and why it's important. And then finally, we're going to get into tracking, which is just going to be a little bit more of the technical side of things. So... Why do people not change? Everybody claims they want to change. And I think about this a lot, including with myself. If you claim you want change in your life, why do you not therefore decide to change it? I think a lot of times it because it's because we're too comfortable with where we are and we don't have enough pain to move us away from where we are. Now, that doesn't mean that you might not be in pain in your current situation. However, whatever pain you're experiencing might not be great enough to move you in the direction. So if we look again at the 90% of bypass patients that don't change their eating habits, they're in pain, obviously, but that pain might not be enough for them to change their habits. Maybe they do not care about their life enough to do something different and not to be harsh or crude, but if you are in a bypass surgery or any other situation in life, it could be financial, it could be health, it could be relationship related. If you do not care enough to change, then you're not in a place where you really want to move out of there. I'm not saying you don't want to, but you're not uncomfortable enough to decide to do something. So change will only come when you decide. This has to be something other people cannot do it for you. Coaches can't do it for you. Mentors can't do it for you. Parents can't do it for you. Employees can't do it for you. Bosses can't do it for you. Only you can decide when you are ready for change. You can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make them drink. So always remember that. And then remember that you're you're in control of your own life. This sounds like a really simple statement, but a lot of times we get caught up in the day-to-day going back and forth of life, and we realize that all of a sudden we have become prey or fallen prey and victim to other people having an agenda for our life and then moving us in a direction that we don't necessarily want to take our life in. Also, nobody forces you to make your choices. Again, this may sound simple on the surface, 
But how many times do we make choices throughout the day based on what other people decide for this? And this could be as simple as you go out to eat with friends and they all order unhealthy food and then you get unhealthy food as well. And you think, oh, well, I just wanted to be part of the group. Nobody forced you to do that. Nobody forced you to eat the bad food, to do the bad thing. And again, not to sound harsh or crude, but this is just the reality of situations. And ultimately, I think it's because people are not comfortable being uncomfortable. This is one of the greatest things you can do in your life is to become comfortable being outside of your comfort zone. And the more and more you can push yourself to do that, the more and more you can say, I know this isn't comfortable. I'm going to move myself into a situation because I know it progresses me and makes me better. The better off you're going to become in life and then you start to stack situations like that on top of each other. And then before you know it, you make all this progress, whereas other people get stuck doing the same things over and over again. So why do we fall victim to the same patterns? Our brain is our master. So again, we don't like to go outside our comfort zone and becomes harder to change as we age. And I want you to think about this. Understand that the brain has been around for a lot longer than we have, the human brain itself. And it has evolved these neural pathways inside of our brain to always seek the path of least resistance. And when we are not cognizant of the fact that our brain is always going to be seeking the path of least resistance, it's, becoming, it's going to become our master. Now, if we can go into third person and see outside of this, if we can see that we're in control of our life, we all of a sudden can become the master of our brain. So letting it, rather than letting it rule us, we rule it. And we set in, in practice the things around us. We set things in front of us that are going to determine our fate. And so how do we remove ourselves from these patterns? Again, this goes back to discipline. How do you have more discipline? We remove yourself from the same patterns that you're doing over and over again. In order to do so, you have to take a second, step out, understand that your brain has thousands of years of circuitry built in to try to look for the easiest way out. Because when we were on the savannah thousands of years ago, when we were in the freezing cold thousands of years ago, our brain was wired to find the easiest way to look for pleasure and survival. And now we live in a society where maybe all the time you don't have to hunt for food. You don't have to look for the things in our world that necessarily relate directly to survival. And so our brain is operating in this way, and which is constantly scanning for threats. It's constantly looking for the path of least resistance. But unfortunately, that ends up leading us to overeating, not sleeping well, not treating our body right not making decisions that are optimal for our lives. So that's the first step into removing yourself from the same patterns that you do over and over again, which will be not having discipline. And so that's the first step towards discipline. Now, I wanted to talk about this, the idea of internal willpower. So there's an experiment done a while ago where they looked at children and I think they were like in kindergarten and they told the children that they could have a marshmallow now, or they could wait 30 minutes and have two marshmallows. Then they tracked these children over the course of their lifetime. And the ones that were able to wait and delay gratification for the two marshmallows ended up making more money. They had more satisfied lives and were more self-actualized. Why is that? Why did those people have more internal willpower? Well, the thought that came out of this is that we as people only, certain, only have a certain amount of willpower per day. 
So each day, there's only so much that we can say no to. And if we rely totally on our own will, we will fail long term. And so if you're constantly draining this limited supply of willpower that you have to force yourself, because you only have a certain amount of energy, caloric energy that is expendable throughout the day. And part of that goes back to willpower. And so if we're relying totally on our own ability to do this, it's going to be very, very hard to do long term. Not impossible, but very hard to do. And ultimately, I believe some people have more willpower than others. Again, it goes back to the marshmallow experiment. Why did some kids wait when you're that young? Why were some able to wait and others weren't? And this can be influenced by our external environment. And so the idea of internal willpower is not necessarily creating an unlimited supply of willpower. It is understanding that you have a limited supply and then how you dole out that limited supply across your life and doing the things. Everybody has the same amount of hours in the day. The richest man on earth and the poorest man on earth all have the same amount of hours a day is how they decide to use their resources to move towards influencing what they want to do. And so part of this is understanding it and then shaping our external environment to procure and exploit the most amount of willpower that we have out of ourselves. The next step is accountability. So this is the first step in actually moving the needle. And I put on this, think accounting. If you think about accounting, what is accounting? It is making sure that everything is spoken for. It is keeping a record of everything that happens. Accountability is no different. It is keeping a record of everything that happens. And so in order to have more accountability and ultimately to have more discipline, we have to set a standard before you can change. So if you don't know what your standard is, it's going to be harder to have more discipline. You're going to know intuitively that you need more discipline, but you're not going to have a standard. So part of this is creating a standard for yourself. And I call these the non-negotiables. It's certain things in your life, in your lives that you say it's not an option. So for me, I'm really big into health and fitness. Exercising is, there's no choice around, am I going to exercise or am I not going to exercise? I may have better days than others, depending on external factors, but I know at the end of the week, I have my workouts, I'm going to do my workouts, and I'm going to track my workouts, and it's not negotiable. So if I get to the end of the week and I skip two of my workouts and I'm going back on my spreadsheet and logging my workouts and they're not there, I have a standard I can say, wow, you missed 20% of the workouts that you were supposed to do this week. Well, to me, that's non-negotiable. At the end of every week, I know that when I go in to fill in that spreadsheet, it must be accounted for. And if not, I'm going to say, okay, that was a fail this week. And the next week, I'm going to get back on track and do that. However, think about if you don't even have the accounting to do so. You're going to say, hey, I know I should have worked out, but who cares? Well, it doesn't get recorded. There's no account of it. So is it really going to matter? No, most likely not. So part of this is accountability. It's setting things in your life that are non-negotiable. Rain or shine, sleet or snow, sun or not, you do that. No questions asked. The next thing is the environment. So the environment is perhaps, in my opinion, the biggest influencer of discipline. So again, we have this limited willpower that I talked about. And what the environment allows us to do is to eliminate decision fatigue. So we want to eliminate how decisions actually play out in our life. If we end up having to make too many decisions, the decisions that we make end up not being as important or not having as much gravitas as other decisions in our life. 
And what we want to do is remove the most amount of decisions as possible. And think about this very simply. If you are having to decide 100 things before you get to work, your brain is going to be cognitively tired. So if you have to decide what I'm going to eat today, what am I going to wear, what am I going to do for transportation, if you have to decide all these things before you even get to work, your brain is going to not cognitively be able to process all of that and perform at the highest level possible. And you can try to manipulate things like your health and supplements and all these things, but at the end of the day, it's going to be harder if you make it harder on yourself. And so what I like to do is make decisions binary and make as few decisions as possible throughout the day. So all the things that create variability in my life, like I just mentioned, what am I gonna eat? What am I gonna wear? All this stuff. Try to curtail that down to binary decisions. I wear this or I wear this. I do this or I do this. And that's what your choice is. And what I like to think about is creating a sanctuary life. And what I put is think about your life as a five-star resort. So what's amazing about being a human being here right now is although a lot of people have the mental blocks that they can't do what they want in life, you actually create the world around you. So you get to choose what you want to do. And I know that might be harder based in whatever situation you're in. But if you think about your life as a sanctuary, I want to create a five-star resort. So think about the nicest resort you've ever been to. And if you haven't been to one, look one up on the internet and think, wow, what's the nicest place that I could go to? All-inclusive, five-star resort, you name it. Well, that's what I want my life to look like. I want my life to be the five-star resort. And when I'm in the five-star resort, I'm in charge. And there's not people that are influencing me to do negative things because I remove them. There's not decisions about having to eat the wrong types of food because I remove them. It's a sanctuary where only the things that I want to do are there. And that's how we should think about the environment of our life. We need to create the environment. And this is with our physical setting, with our social settings, with our emotional and psychological defaults that we have to create a sanctuary life where we don't allow these things in. We don't have to make a bunch of choices. We have other things in our life that we don't allow in that normal people allow in, whether that's negative energy, toxic relationships or whatever. So think about creating your own environment. And if you've never thought about this, at least just think, I hope this opens the door for you to think, wow, I can actually create the type of life I want. Because that's the first step to having more discipline is creating an environment that allows you to have more discipline, that encourages more discipline, that encourages you to get closer to what you want out of your life. Next thing is social pressure. So this is huge, huge. Like I said, very when we talk about accountability, accountability is great, but very few can rely on their own internal accountability. And humans are social creatures. So at the end of the day, a lot of what we are going to do is based on how that fits into our relationship with other people. And so we actually will let ourselves down before we let other people down. So we will not make promises to ourselves. And I think particularly women do this, but everybody does it. We will let promises down to ourselves because even if it because we are helping other people. So people will sacrifice their own health to make the health of others better. Now, that's not what you want to do. That's bad, but that's how social pressure affects humans. You have to take care of yourself. But we will actually let down ourselves before 
other people. Why does this matter? Well, we need to create a social environment that supports our goals. So if you have people around you that you're holding yourself accountable to that have high standards, that support your goals, that have your best interest in mind, that's going to allow you to have more discipline because you're going to be in an environment that encourages that. If you have friends that don't support you and don't want to support you, they're probably not good friends. Again, depending on your journey in life, you may know that already. But if not, think about the people around you. Do they support the times that you are putting yourself in an environment that is healthy, that pushes you in a good direction? Ultimately, the best way that you can do this is to find people in your life with the same goals as you. That will be one of the most powerful things that you can do. They say you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. So think about that. Do the people in your life have the same goals as you? And lastly, tracking. So there are infinite amounts of metrics that you could look at when it comes to tracking and discipline. I listed a few that I like to talk about and use in my life. Number one is journaling. For me, this is huge in just tracking my emotions and tracking how I am progressing emotionally and spiritually over time and how I am moving and hopefully moving in the right direction. The next thing is life KPIs. And what I put on here is that could be your income growth. If that's important to you, I think it should be important to everybody because the more wealth that you have, that actually you're able to help more people. The next is personal growth. So did you achieve a certain level of body fat? Did you lose a certain amount of pounds? Did you cut sugar out? Anything like that. I think you need to track that. And especially if it's an immediate goal that you're working on that you're doing. And then also put events on the calendar. That could be an athletic event. That could be some sort of public speaking event. Anything in which you have an event that you're working towards on the calendar, the brain is going to subconsciously move you in that direction. And it's going to be easier to have discipline because you know that eventually that your skills are going to be put to the test. I think that's very important for us as humans to be put to the test in whatever we're doing. And so I will leave you and finish up today with this discipline equals freedom. So if you can do all of these things that I mentioned today to institute more discipline in your life, to live a, in an environment which encourages discipline, you're going to have more freedom. It sounds counterintuitive. You would think by implementing more structure in your life that you would have less freedom. However, when you create confines and boundaries in your life that allow you to make progress, by the nature of doing that, you're going to have more freedom and you're not going to feel so tied down by the anxiety of life, by the frustrations of life, because you're going to be progressing in a direction that you know is where you want to go. So I will leave you with that. Again, I think this comes from Jocko Willick. I haven't read the book, but discipline equals freedom. So that is all for today's episode, guys. I really appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like more content like this, let me know. Give me a heads up. And Give me some feedback and I look forward to any of the questions you have because I want to do our Q&A episode coming up soon. So sounds like a plan. Go out there and crush it today and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.